We are continuing on, uh, I believe this is kind of the last of the little mini-series on mental and emotional health from Philippians 4. Have you guys gotten anything out of the last few weeks? Yeah? Thank you for the feedback, by the way. I just, one after another after another, um, I love the Word of God, and I love that, that God gives us tools, and I feel like this has been helping people. And uh, if not, we need to do something different. But I feel like this, this has, and I feel like it's answering some questions, it's giving some tools, it's giving some ways to think about things and some help to help us process and be emotionally and mentally healthy. Philippians 4 is kind of my little theory that I think that the first half of that chapter is all about how to walk in emotional and mental health. And we spent a couple weeks talking about anxiety. We talked about gratitude last week, about that being the kind of the gateway to God's strength and steadfastness. When we are grateful, we participate in God's nature. We participate in who he is, and we become steadfast. We become rock solid. So, amen? So here's our uh, verse. Let's see. Let's get everything working here. There we go. This is uh, the chunk that we were on for the last few weeks. Rejoice, starting at verse 4, ending at verse 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice, right? If you want to have good mental and emotional health, there needs to be a lot of joy in your life. Amen? That doesn't sound very joyful and convincing. It's true. Say, it's true, Pastor. Yes. Let your gentleness be evident to all. That means I don't need to control things and I can kind of release, right? It means kind of, Jeremy, it means being pliable. Yeah, we were talking about that last night. The Lord is near. He's close to us. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In this last chunk, we haven't really spent much time on yet, but the, and, the, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. A heart and mind that's guarded, and I don't mean guarded in a, in a bad way, like, like standoffish, I mean guarded in a protected way. Does that sound like a healthy heart and mind? Yes? Nod your head violently. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I like these guys. Yep. I'm going to tell Mike that you guys are good listeners. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, this peace of God then enters into our life, and it guards my mind, and it guards my heart. Because I don't know if any of you have ever gotten a, I don't know, maybe you want to call it like a, like a, like a blindside or a kick in the gut. Yeah? yeah? That ever happened where you're all, like someone said something or did something unexpected and just you were kind of wounded, you're kind of hurt, and that just kind of produces all kinds of other junk if we don't take care of that in a healthy way. And so this peace of God then guards our hearts and our minds. So let's look at something a little bit here. This word transcends. Some versions say passes. The peace of God that passes understanding. Okay. Well, sure. What, like, like, what does that mean? The peace of God, well, well, pastor, it passes understanding. Passes what? Does it pass like a football? Does it, does it pass like you got an A on the test? You know, or, or a D minus, like you didn't fail, you passed, but just barely. What does peace that passes understanding, let's poke at that a little bit. Because we all quote the verse, peace that passes understanding. Hallelujah, brother. Well, hallelujah, brother. 
well, what does it mean that this peace passes? Is it pass, right? It passes me? Wait, there's the peace. Like, I need to go chase it now? What does that word passes or transcends, what does it really mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the word hyperecho. It transcends or passes, in, in depending on which, uh, definite, which version. It means to have or hold over, to stand out, to rise above, to be over top, to be above, listen, to be superior in rank or authority or power. This last one, to excel or be superior or be better than. So presented to you as an ongoing daily option is the peace of God that's more superior and excels and it's better at and it's more powerful than your understanding. The peace of God, which is available for you 24-7, presents itself to you. And you need to understand, you need to realize this because a lot of us don't realize this. We say we do, theologically we do, practically we don't. We say we understand, well, of course, Pastor, God's peace is much better. And we're going we're to talk about how we don't really believe that practically. We believe it theologically, but we don't believe it practically. So there's, there's this peace that's available. So there, there's the verse. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Here's, here's my, this is not very good, but here's my image of this, all right? So here's guy or lady on the bottom there with understanding, right? You're trying to fix and figure out the situation. And the peace of God is superior, it's above, it's better, it's more powerful, it has more authority. Say authority. It has authority. The peace of God has a greater authority. That's what that word means, hyperecho. It has a greater authority. And so we've got to decide if we want to, am I preaching too loud? Are you okay, Libby? Okay, I just, I didn't want to scare anybody. All right. The peace of God is greater in authority than our understanding. So here's what happens. Is, is we come up against a situation and we want to understand it. I want to understand why they said that to me. I want to understand why my daughter got sick. I want to understand why my friend stabbed me in the back. I want to understand why my boss is a jerk. I want to understand why my pastor doesn't, what, I don't know, wait, don't put that one in there. <laughs> but we process in our minds, and I just want to say there's a, there's, a, there's a fake or a false or a fleshly, that, that's, let's call it that, a fleshly piece. There's a fleshly peace that we're all pursuing. Dial in with me. Like, we're going to get in the weeds in a little while. You're going to zone out later. No, I don't want to say that over you. You're not going to zone out later. You're going to be tempted to zone out later, but you're not going to. You're going to stay right with me. But hang in for this part. There is a fleshly peace, right? Last time we talked about uh, gratitude, and we talked about kind of pursuing either that or complaining. And you get this false peace that, that is involved with complaining, like you, you feel more justified, whatever. We won't revisit that again, but there's also a false 
peace that comes from our flesh when we try to understand something. And there's a little bit of, of chemical release in our body when we finally figure out, oh, I know why they said that. It's because they think they're better than me. There's a, there's a little bit, listen to me, there's a little bit of endorphin release. You know what it does to your soul? Rots it from the inside out. But we get this little trigger, we get this little chemical trigger, and it makes you feel better because you're, you're dissecting it in your mind. Am I just talking to me? No one ever has done this before. Okay. I thought maybe it was just me. You're laying in your bed, and you're wringing your hands, and you're going back, and okay, I shouldn't just even think about it. And then you're just right back to it again, and you're just going to, you just can't let it go. And you're just, oh, I can't believe, man, I should have got that promotion, or what, I just can't believe, or my kid, oh, how come they're so ungrateful, you know, like whatever. And you're just spinning it around in your head, and then, and what are you looking for? Like, does that give you rest? No. You're looking for, listen to me, you're looking for peace. You're, you're not content in this situation. You're agitated. You're frustrated. You're, you're uncomfortable emotionally. And so we want to resolve that. And so God's given you tools in our mind to resolve situations. This is the wrong time to use those tools. We take a God-given tool and it turns into cancer in our, in our souls. And so we pursue, because i got to have some relief. So if I don't run to a pill or a bottle or a relationship or something, like I, I'm, I'm going to get some chemical release in my body. Is that, did I lose everyone? And it's small. It's barely imperceptible because the feeling after it is almost as bad because almost we're almost always at the wrong conclusion, or even if we are at the right conclusion, it doesn't help us any. Well, I didn't get the promotion because my boss is a jerk. That's probably not true, but what if it is? Okay, say your boss is a jerk. Does that really help you feel less slighted? It doesn't. Like it, doesn't it brings this little bit of emotional chemical release, and then we're right back to where we started from. And so over and over and over again, we're rehearsing these things, and we're trying to come to a resolution. We're trying to make ourselves feel better. We're trying to get rid of the angst in our spirit. We're trying to ease our mind. And here's what I'm saying. You can either gain peace by trying to understand the situation you're in, or, or you can embrace God's peace, which exists above and beyond your understanding. You cannot pursue both. And that's why I think practically we don't really believe this. I want to be able to come up with the solution and I want to get revenge and I want to stay grumbly and I'm praying, God, where are you in this situation? Oh, come on now. Hope you got your steel-toed boots on this morning, Irv. <laughs> right? We want to stay in our funk and because we're so used to it. We're so used to coming to this chemical-released resolution of fake peace that I don't pursue the peace of God. Because you know what that requires? It requires me letting go of the process in my mind, which is a normal healthy process when you're trying to figure out, does the bolt turn left or right, you know, or there's no spark in the engine, there's no, right? It's, that's what the process is for. It's solving those kind of problems, Right? Oh, the turkey's getting too brown on the, okay, let's, let's turn it down. Let's cover it with foil. Those are problem-solving skills. When we're in this funk and we're emotionally agitated, we're trying to use those same skills to solve people's motives. I think I know why they did that. Don't try to solve that. 
That is a losing battle. Half the time, you don't even know why you did what you just did. <laughs> I promise you that's true. It is. Well, I, oh wait, why did I do it? I don't, I don't know why I said that. I guess it's just whatever. So don't even try to assume why someone else said what they said. You worry about you. Worry about your own heart. And so we try to process through this for this little bit of chemical release. When God is saying, I've got a whole other realm for you. If you come and present your request before God, then take your hands off. Invite the peace of God, and it's got more authority. Say authority again. Authority. It's got more authority. It's able to calm your mind. It's able to bring resolution because it's the peace of God. You don't get both. You get to figure it out or you get the peace of God. <laughs> you get to Pastor, I'd like to go on record as saying, I don't like those two options. <laughs> Is there a third option where I can kind of do my own thing and still get the peace of God? No, there isn't. You get to either fret about it in your own mind, feel like you can come up with the solution to this, or you get to drop it and have the peace of God. Guys, we're talking about emotional health today. This stuff rots you from the inside out, but it's how we all live our life. There's not one person in here that's not guilty of all of this, on probably today. Like, it happens often. Because these are tools we're used to using for other problems in life. We just try to apply them to the wrong problems. That's why Paul was just saying, man, I want this, this church in Philippi to thrive. All right, I'm going to give you these, these tools to walk this out in, in mental and emotional health. So... If we insist on rehearsing situation in our minds, trying to decipher people's intentions and a host of other toxic and negative thoughts, we essentially opt out of God's peace. You're just like, no, I got this, God. I'm, I'm going to handle this on my own. Because like, I think I know why this is all happening, right? And God's just going, but there's, there's so much more. Like I've got a whole other realm that you can walk in that has more authority over that those emotions and the, that junk that's trying to corrupt your soul. And the devil's just sitting back. No, nah, come on. You can figure it out. Come on. Just take it. Just, ooh, oh, take a little bit of revenge. Oh, come on. Hey, hey, you know why they did that. You know why she said that. Hey, you need to know. You need to know why. <laughs> that's, even, that's even more insidious. You need to know why. Ooh, anyone ever heard that icky voice before? You need to figure this out. And then what? Then I'll feel all good? No, you'll get this little shot of chemicals in your body, and you'll be like, okay, you'll get this little bit of satisfaction as your soul corrodes. <sighs> well, that didn't help much. So it's, it's natural, okay? Guys, it's natural to analyze and rehearse facts and feelings of the situation we're in so to discover appropriate responses because they're real things. You know, someone, it might be me, I really am sick or, or my daughter really is sick. And I've got all these feelings. I'm trying to figure out why. And they really did say bad things about me. And I really, I really do feel inadequate. I, do, I don't feel up for that, right? These are real feelings. These are real thoughts that come into our head. The future of whatever it is, that, it really is unknown. There's real, there's real fear to be presented there. It doesn't mean that we need to take part in that. Go, I mean, the list is endless. So Paul knew, God knew, uh, what was going to be coming up with all this. Because right before this, we read it already, he said, don't be anxious. God's near. 
Don't try to control the situation. Don't, don't, you know, let your gentleness be evident to all. Bring these requests to God. Let the peace of God invade your mind and your heart, right? Come up to a different level. Come up. Yep. Come up higher. Come up higher. Come up where peace lives. Come up where peace lives. Don't live down here in fleshland where you're going to solve it all and be bitter, nasty, ugly, right? It's going to corrode your soul. Come up higher. But we still want to process all of this. I wonder what, Pastor, I wonder what the very next verse is. I don't know. Let's look. Your thoughts. Finally, he says, this is right after that section. This is the very next verse. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything's excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received from me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul's like, listen, hold on. I know your mind's still going to want to spin about this. And he could have commanded them not to think about those things. How well is that going to be received? You just, go ahead, tell your mind to stop thinking about something. <laughs> Guess what you're thinking about for the next three days, right? So Paul gave us a displacement, all right? If we want to get the oil out of the container, we pour the water in and it'll push it up, right? Or whatever. Like, we want to displace these bad thoughts. And Paul's like, and this isn't just the power of positivity here. He's just, he's giving us the heart of God because he knows how we're wired. God gave us some tools. And he's like, you need to change your thinking. Think about right things, pure things, lovely things, admirable. Is your thoughts of revenge and trying to figure out people's motives, does that fit in any of these categories? What category does that fit in? Noble, right, pure, lovely? Uh, it doesn't fit. Paul's saying, get your mind off of that stuff. Put your mind on God's stuff. And then invite this peace. Get, get up on the peace level. And let that saturate your soul. Because it's got more authority. It's got more authority. It's able to displace stuff. So we're talking about thoughts. Marcus Aurelius said, the happiness of your life depends upon the quality of your thoughts. Okay, everyone take a deep breath. Shake it off. Here we go. This next section may sound more like a college research paper than a message in church, but there's some good stuff. Anyone ever heard of Dr. Carolyn Leaf before? Brain science stuff? Okay, your thoughts and brain science. I had to throw in some Carolyn Leaf quotes. So she says, you are a thinking being. You think all day long, and at night as you sleep, you sort out your thinking. As you think, you choose. And as you choose, you cause genetic expression to happen in your brain. This means you make proteins, and these proteins form your thoughts. Thoughts are real, physical things that occupy mental real estate. Your thoughts aren't just something that's just happening in your head. It's actually coalescing in your brain, forming proteins and neural pathways, making physical connections. And you think your thoughts don't matter? You're making physical deposits and connections in your actual brain as you think things. So as you think negative thoughts, as you think destructive thoughts, as you think sinful thoughts, nobody would do that. Right, Chaska? I mean, nobody, nobody, like no one here, man. Like, probably just in Minnesota, right? <laughs> but as you think evil thoughts, as you think despondent and depressing thoughts, 
you're you're depositing proteins in your brain and connecting neural pathways. Something exists in your brain that didn't exist before. Yuck. Right? Yuck. That's, I don't want that all of a sudden. And that's what I wanted to do today was make us aware of how important this is. Eric uh, Kandel, a Nobel Prize winning neurophysicist for his work on memory, shows how our thoughts and even our imaginations get, quote, under the skin of our DNA and can turn certain genes on and certain genes off. Your thinking can activate and deactivate part of your DNA. And it changes the structure of the neurons in the brain. So as we think and imagine, we change the structure and function of our brains. This is bizarre stuff, you guys. Like you're, for, you're, you're changing and forming the actual physicality of your brain. She goes on to say, another study showed that thinking and feeling anger, Fear and frustration caused DNA to change shape according to thoughts and feelings. The DNA responded by tightening up and becoming shorter and switching off many DNA codes, which reduced quality expression of that DNA code. We feel shut down by negative emotions, and our body feels this too. But here's the great part. The negative shutdown or poor quality of the DNA codes was reversed by feelings of love, joy, appreciation, and gratitude. The researchers also found that HIV-positive patients who had positive thoughts and feelings had 300,000 times more resistance to the disease than those without positive feelings. So the takeaway here, she says, is that when we operate in our normal love design, we're able to change the shape shape of our DNA for the better. If your head isn't swimming and you're not lost in the fog here with all that mumbo-jumbo, Your thoughts matter. It's almost like God knew that. God wired us for this playground of our imagination and storehouse of thinking to be for his glory. And in the garden, this got corrupted. But he didn't take away the power of it. Right? We're still created in that image. We still get to use, it's our imagination as we're, as we're releasing faith for someone to be healed. We're creating, like we create that in our mind and in our heart and we release it with faith. Like that's as we're praying, we, we can imagine God. We can imagine things that don't exist in reality. That's, that's how we're separate from, from the animal world. Like we're humanity. And so that power still exists in your mind to create realities in your life. We've got to watch what we think about. And we've got to turn, turn that to thinking amazing God things. So, thoughts, anxiety, and mental health. Is anyone still alive? Are you still awake? Are, are we good? Okay, we're ready to check out and go home and this is too much. Okay, a couple more. Carolyn Leaf says, research shows that 75 to 98% of mental, physical, and behavior illness comes from one's thought life. This staggering and eye-opening statistic means that only 2 to 25% of mental and physical illness come from the environment and genetics. What we think changes our lives. I wish there was a verse about that. I wish there was a verse in the Bible about that. I wish that I knew. I wish that I knew if, like, if I, what I change, if I changed the way that I think, that my life would be different. If only God would have told me that somewhere in his word. 
Oh, look at there. Do not conform to this pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Reorient, reorient your mind. Refocus your mind, not on the garbage, not on what just happened to you, not on the negativity of it, but on the goodness of God. Focus your mind on the goodness of God. Go back to last week, being grateful, being aware of all that he's doing. Think about those kind of things. This lady wrote a great book, Breaking Anxiety's Grip. She says, differing amounts of neurotransmitters in the brain contribute to symptoms of anxiety. And research has shown that thoughts impact the production of these neurotransmitters. So thoughts such as, this place isn't safe, I can't handle this anymore, I'm overwhelmed, actually impact your brain chemistry. So those kind of thoughts produce chemicals in the brain that produce anxiety. Huh. Your body's just doing what it's programmed to do. We have to, like we talked about recognizing anxiety. Now Paul's giving us the tool to deal with some of the anxiety. He's saying, watch what you're thinking about. Watch what you're thinking about. Julie Winter, phenomenal book, Renew, Breaking, Breaking Free from Anxiety, Depression, and a couple other disorders. She says, every pathway that your thoughts, listen, listen to that. Okay, wake up. Raise your hand if you're awake. Okay, all right, watch this. This is good. This is good. This is worth the price of admission right here. Every pathway that your thoughts travel has a corresponding chemical response. Stop there. Just stop. Stop. Look at me. Every thought that you think, every pathway that you think has a corresponding chemical response. As you think things, as you imagine things, your body is pre-programmed from the Lord of Heaven to release. And so when we don't do our job of watching what we're thinking about, we're releasing all of these chemicals into our body that change our brain and then bring about all kinds of emotions and dysfunctions in our life. Each and every thought you have releases chemicals, some of which can be healthy and others harmful. When you set your mind on things that are true, noble, right, admirable, lovely, see Philippians 4.8, which is where we're at today, dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, and numerous other positive transmit neurotransmitters are released from your brain that promote health in your body. Conversely, worry, fear, anger, bitterness, hatred, envy, and other negative emotions cause the release of chemicals that break up healthy pathways in your brain and promote disease. You actually damage your brain when you meditate on these negative thoughts. When you meditate on how someone hurt you, when you meditate on how you were misunderstood, when you meditate on woe is you, when you meditate on the, the anxiety of the future, when, when that's rehearsed in your mind, you're breaking down healthy pathways in your brain and releasing chemicals that are damaging to your body. Huh. Ouch. Ouch indeed. So how do you move yourself from a state of anxiety and depression into a place of peace and joy? How do peace and joy become your normal state of being? Peace and joy, hope and gratitude and love, and other positive feelings or emotions are the fruits of our thoughts. Oh, this gets good now. This gets good. Hold on. Feelings? <laughs> Let me point out that attempting to control your feelings directly is ineffective. Anyone ever told yourself, stop feeling that way? <laughs> How well does that work? Some good self-talk is important, but you cannot tell yourself to stop feeling a certain way. You have to change the thoughts that produce the feelings. This is why Paul did not say, take every feeling captive. 
Think about that. Paul said, take every what? Thought captive. We take every thought captive and we make it obedient to Christ. Because why? Because we have little control over the feelings, but we do have control over the thoughts. We do have control over the thoughts. She goes on to say, our feelings, listen to this, our feelings are a reliable indicator of our thoughts. Think of them as the fruit of a particular tree or the temperature gauge of a system. Feelings tell you if something is off. So when you're having feelings that you know are, are not in line, they're not, they're not full of peace, they're not life-giving, you've got these emotions. Instead of wrangling, your, being an emotion wrangler, take a step back and go, okay, emotions are flashing red light. All right, what's going on in my mind? What, just becoming aware. What am I thinking about right now? Oh, yeah, I was just thinking about blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, we start to become more aware of these toxic thoughts that are implanting themselves. Because guess what? A lot of you got a whole library of backup tapes that someone just is all like, just walking by. Oh, there's nothing running. Hey, you don't want dead air. <laughs> right? Just got the background tapes running in the back of your mind, and it's not, tell you what, it's not top 40 stuff. It's rehearsing junk, right? That's, that's why they're in the spare room, right? <laughs> Stick another one in. We don't want dead air going on up here. And all this garbage gets rehearsed over and over and over. And so we have all these feelings. Ah, oh, I've just been feeling so blah, blah, lately. What's going on in our minds? Have we been conscious of what is happening in there? When you control your thoughts, and your, when you control your thoughts, your feelings and actions will follow suit. I promise you this is true. It might take a little bit, but it's true. If I'm feeling anxious or fearful, fearful, I better take a good look at the thought patterns that are causing these emotions. All right, so what do we do? We need to take a proactive role in our thought life. No one else can control our thoughts but us. Guilty as charged, right? It's all in your lap. When we feel anxious or fearful, this is a sign that we need to examine our thoughts. Do our thoughts line up with the knowledge of God? Are they obedient to Christ? If not, our next step is to repent from unsanctified thoughts and consciously demolish them. We're heading towards the end here, but when we feed our mind negative, angry, fearful, accusatory information, our thoughts and feelings and words reflect what we consume. Just like junk food leads to obesity, consuming negative material leads to fear, anxiety, hopelessness, anger, and depression. You are what you consume, both physically and mentally. So then we come back to this. Whatever is true. Whatever is noble. Like, when you're feeling these emotions, you got to stop and ask yourself, is this true? Is this, according to the Word of God, is this true? Is this true? Like, like, bring your emotions. Just scoop them up in a big old, tie them up, wrangle them, bring them up to the Word of God. Just say, all right, we're going to look at this. Is this true or not? Is it true what I'm feeling about me? Is it true what I'm feeling about you? Is it, is it an appropriate response? Find out what's true according to the Word of God. Is it honorable? Like, these are the things Paul's telling us to think about. Noble and honorable things. I would say most of us don't spend much of any time thinking about honor. Like, we get moved by that. We're like, oh, man, that was, that was so awesome. They did the right thing there. Whatever's just or right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, if anything is commendable or admirable, if it's praiseworthy or excellent, like, think about such things. 
When you're tempted to think bad thoughts about your kids because they're annoying you, think about things that they do that are honorable. Think about, I mean, well, you might have to look hard. Find one thing, right? <laughs> or, or set them up to succeed in something that they're like, okay, they did that really well, right? You know, your spouse, go ahead. Think all the negative stuff about your spouse for a week and see how fun the house is. You will be amazed how you ever spent any time with this horrible person. I mean, just, I'm serious. Like, it's funny, but I'm serious. I mean, don't do that. But if you, if you want to see if this works or not, just try that. Just rehearse all the things you can't stand about the one you're close to. <laughs> we'll be having some extra counseling time, right? Or... Rehearse what you love about them. It's so easy. You can just see it. You can just watch people at times when, the, when they flip the switch. They've decided they don't want to put the work in anymore, whether it's a friend. Hey, fine. That's what we want. Like, like you flip the switch, and now you can't see anything good about that person. Right? If you spend time finding things that are admirable, lovely. No one is 100% a turd. Right? Someone's done something somewhere that's admirable or lovely. Right? And find these things in life and meditate on those. Last slide for today. The next verse says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, go to church and listen to the pastor and the God of peace will be with you. <laughs> Not true. If all you do with this is sit here and be like, I wasn't as bad as some of his other ones. Like if that's, <laughs> if that's all you get out of this today, you will be no closer to the peace of God than when you walked in here. I promise. You won't be. What do you got to do? Put it into practice. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. And I'll tell you what, if you think quitting smoking or meth or pornography is difficult... Try changing the way that you think. Wow. We are pre-wired for this negative garbage. And it's going to take, it's going to, I'm, I'm telling you what, put your big pants on. Like, like we got to do this though. If we want to walk in continued emotional health and mental health, we've got to not dwell on the garbage. You've got to make it like, you've got to catch yourself. You got to, if you, like, I love the emotions thing because that's a good indicator, right? It's a good, eh, eh. we're all very in tune with our emotions. We're not in tune with our thinking. So just remember, when the emotions are flashing, ooh, I don't like this feeling. Instead of reacting how you normally react, say, oh, oh wait, pastor said, what's going on in my head? And I, it, it might be difficult. You might have to be, huh, what am I thinking about? Sometimes I have to backtrack a few minutes. What was I just thinking about a little bit ago? Because sometimes your emotions take a little bit to catch up. And go, oh, yeah. I didn't even remember that I was thinking about this. And I deal with this crud in my heart for another hour or two until it dissipates. If you've ever been on an emotional roller coaster, watch your thinking. Backtrack a little bit. Go, what was I just thinking about five minutes ago or a half hour ago? Oh, that's right. That's why I'm all uptight inside and anxious and, uh, okay. Well, that's not even true. Like, that's not, I don't even know if that's true. Like, I'm not, that's not going to get any more time in my head. Like, those emotions are a good indicator. But we've got to become more aware of what we're thinking about. If you want to advance in God, you want to stay stuck and miserable, go have at it. <laughs> 
You want to be in every week and just say, hey, Pastor, I can't even do it anymore. Go ahead. Keep just, and I'm happy to do it. We'll do it. Absolutely. Coffee's on. I'll listen to your sob story. Like, man, I love you. But if you want to advance some on your own with Jesus, change your thinking. Right? If we want to move forward, if we want to become internally healthy so that maybe, I don't know, you could help others. I don't know. Promote a legacy of the next generation walking in spiritual and emotional health. I don't, you know what I mean? I mean, it's fine. I'll put my arm around you all, all week long. That's, I'll, you know, I'm, I, I'll do that. But why? Right? I'm kind of being funny, but you know what I mean? You can walk out of a lot of stuff that we didn't know we could walk out of. Change your thinking. Change your thinking. Change your thinking. Change your thinking. Watch it. Watch what's going on in your mind. Paul tells us, you want to walk steadfast? I give you a whole list of things. This is what he finishes, finishes that section with. Whatever you've learned or received or heard or seen to me, hey, I, I told you guys how to do this. Paul's saying, I gave you some tools. And they're like, Paul, that was a good sermon, but I still got all this garbage. He's like, no, you got to do the stuff. Like, don't just get in another prayer line. We love the prayer lines. I mean, do that too, but you got to put it in practice. Amen? Amen. Wow. Thanks for not throwing tomatoes and for making it through lots of big words and science stuff. Let's pray. God, I just bless this people today. I thank you, God, that you've given us tools to walk healthy, God. We don't have to be stuck. We don't have to be ravaged by thoughts and emotions, God. We just break those strongholds today in the name of Jesus. We thank you that we're clear-minded and self-controlled, that we have the mind of Christ. And I thank you, God, that you are speaking life over us, and we're going to meditate on that. We're going to meditate on what's true, what's, what's excellent, what's praiseworthy. God, you are praiseworthy, and you're doing work in our hearts and lives and minds, and we are going to walk healthy in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen.